from the Lake Erie shores of Northeast Ohio. Cleveland! Cleveland is a city of champions once again. This is the Panel Scanners Podcast since 2012. Welcome to the Panel Scanners, episode 86. Uh, this is part two of our end of the year awards for 2018. Uh, so if you missed that part, make sure to go back and listen to our last episode. We really covered a bunch of stuff having to do with more of the film part of our nerdy universe. And we're going to push a little bit more into the comic book side, which I think means that our buddy Tim here isn't going to have as much to say this time. <laughs> I have nothing. So I guess I could I could announce the categories because yeah. I'm, I'm at least uh, you guys usually make some... Uh, I like hearing your answers and uh, reasons uh, that you give for selecting the things that you do. Sometimes it may actually intrigue me enough to pick up a book. Well, that's kind of the whole point. And that's why this episode is is 10 minutes long. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's definitely not going to be as long. So that's okay. Regardless. Let's hear it. Get us going, Tim. Yeah. uh, First up, we have uh, favorite lead hero. So let's. uh, what do you got, Darren? My favorite lead hero is... Therma from the power of the dark crystal. She is the fireling around which the story is revolved. Um, and she had the whole story centered around a moral choice that she had to make, which is something that I think we see very rarely of in any storytelling medium this day. It's always seems to be, um, you know, and and I hate to sound flippant when I say this, but it, it seems like, so much of the movies and TV shows I've watched, and it does include to some degree some of the Marvel movies, um, they're almost like porn movies for fight scenes. It's like we just got to get to the next big battle scene. That's all we're doing here is filling time to the next big battle scene. And that never happened in The Power of the Dark Crystal. Phil? Uh, you know, I was able to take a couple years off from this, but my favorite lead hero this year was Spider-Man. Oh. Now, mostly because there is there's this guy who was bit by a spider. Uncle died. There's this whole thing. Um, so <laughs> regardless, um, Spider-Man had some, some interesting growth this year in the sense that we changed lead writer. Um, Dan Slott has been writing Spider-Man since we started this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Nick Spencer has taken over, and it's given us a new taste as to Peter Parker, and he's back with MJ, and there's lots of really cool stuff going on. And just the amount that Peter has grown since that that kid in high school getting roughed up by Flash Thompson to now this guy who has had his whole life fall apart again and he's almost back to square one it's just it's been so unbelievably enjoyable and my love for spider-man just keeps growing and again with spider getting going on still concurrently um and the amount of spiders i'm getting to interact with it's impossible to ignore him this year so back to the top spider-man i'll I'll have to check out this spider-man guy he sounds kind of interesting he 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 made his own web shooters he can like shoot shoot webs no no they're (laughs) organic uh, okay, okay, Toby McGuire, you calm yourself over there. Sorry. Well, you know, where would our uh, favorite heroes be without a favorite villain? You gotta, you gotta have a villain in there, right? So uh, let's hear it, Darren. What about my favorite villain is Conrad Juros from Sword Quest. Conrad seemed to occupy the Steve Jobs, James Halliday role, perhaps reference 
Ready Player One. Um, those who have read the original DC comic uh, and are familiar with the Atari 2600 games recognize the amalgamated name, that of Conjuro, the evil wizard from the original plotline. When it is revealed that Conrad Juros is, in fact, Conjuro and the Sword Quest dimension exists in the storyline, boy, oh boy, Sword Quest was about to get really interesting. Phil? I spoke about this guy before, Null, the god of the symbionts. Man, the dude is just disgustingly powerful and gross and terrible and amazing and made this Venom run that uh, has just really, really gotten going. Um, I think we're only like seven or eight issues in, something like that. Boy, boy, has it been good. Um, and Null was a big part of that. It really gave growth to the the symbiotes himself, the Clintar, um, more so than just focusing on Eddie. So like, it's almost like there's two characters mixed into one and Null, this, this all powerful God who just wants to control all the symbiotes and like make them do as he pleases was such a cool addition. And the fact that he could turn into a giant like dragon was, was so unbelievably rad. I, I just loved it. Um, it was one of those things that just kept bringing me back to the title. It wasn't just Venom. It was also Null, and that right there makes for a good villain. So it was the first thing that popped in my mind when we thought of this. All right. You had me a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, all right. So we got our, our heroes and villains. Uh, now, if we just only had those two characters, we'd probably be kind of bored. Uh, so we need some supporting characters in there. What say you, Darren? My favorite supporting character is Celia from Thief of Thieves. And think of her as the Latino Lisbeth Salander. Uh, techie, um, tattooed, sassy, and but someone who is extraordinarily formidable. She really is the straw that ends up stirring that title's drink. It was originally incepted by Robert Kirkman many years ago. It is begging to be a television series. It, it's ending. I believe its last issue just came out um so and i haven't read it which is why it didn't end up on my sayonara list or um rest in peace title um and it's it's gonna be a really difficult one to let go and she was an extraordinarily interesting character and, and her speech to conrad or not conrad um redmond about how even though he's the master thief he needs to reevaluate where he'd be without her it, it's it's something that one, now that it's all wrapped up and concluded, because of the hiatuses it, it managed it had to take. I think it's something you both would really really enjoy. Hmm. Um, modern art thief tale. It, it's just it's a really cool genre and and very much in the in the vein of the Thomas Crown Affair. Um, both the Steve McQueen and Pierce Brosnan versions. I've seen both of them. They're very very good. I, I think this has nods to both of those and. It's something, it, this is the rooting for the bad guy who's not really the bad guy. Um, so I was excited, you know, to, to pick her because it gives me a chance to talk about a title that because there have been a few hiatuses along the way, you had a little bit of a problem getting into that storytelling rhythm as a reader. Um, but I have a feeling when I go back and binge read this thing, it's just going to be mesmerizing. Um, Phil? Yeah, before I, before I even say mine, I agree with that that thought process because like Black Science that I've been reading for years, all the hiatuses and things in it, I think I lost a little bit of the love for it. I need to go back and do it just like that. So 
I definitely get that feeling. But regardless, my favorite supporting character is a character who's been around in the Marvel Universe for a very, very, very long time. Jarvis. Oh, all right. Now, Jarvis has, has fulfilled a new role within the Marvel uh, Universe in the last few issues of Spider-Man, actually. And it was, it was kind of an interesting thing that I thought was kind of cool and I haven't had the chance to talk about. I felt this was a good place for it. So Jarvis has created an anonymous group for people who know the identities of superheroes. Can so it's a support group for them. Time out. Yeah. I, I need to ask this question because yeah. I haven't read comics mm-hmm. in a long time. Is Jarvis human? Yeah, he's a butler. Okay. Yeah, he's the Avengers butler. That's when I, I just because I know what they did with him in the cinematic. Yeah. Uni- you know. He's Tony Stark's AI, yeah. Right. I just wanted to make sure that they didn't switch over to that because that's how I remember yeah, him. still the butler. Being. Okay, thank you. Um, thank you for clarifying so, that for me. So, yeah, he made a support group for, and, and for this, this instance, it's MJ who knows Peter Parker's Spider-Man, but um, it's really obvious, like, because when they do the scenes in the comics with him leading the groups, it has like blurred out faces. There's like a technology thing from the Avengers mansion that he brought in that blurs out the faces of everybody in the meeting so that they don't know who the other people are and they can't figure out what superhero they're talking about. Um, But it's really obvious like who they are for like the reader and, and the fact that Jarvis is something so cool. And I just, I love it. I thought it was such a cool idea and such a, a unique thing that it makes sense, right? All these people are suffering. They're scared. They have like nightmares of like things that could happen to them or the things that are happening to their loved ones. They could be laying in bed at night and they know they're out there fighting crime. And this is for them to be able to talk to other people that are dealing with the same thing without revealing who they are, or who their loved one is. And Jarvis is the one behind it all. And it's so cool. That's great. Uh, honestly, I really liked Jarvis back in the day when I was reading comics. I really liked that character. Still a fun character. And that really delights me yeah. to hear that he's still a great character and that uh, you would pick him for that. All right, well, this next category, this guy, th- this interests me. This is your chance maybe to convince me to uh, read a comic if, uh, if these are good enough. Uh, we're going to go uh, with favorite story arc. All right, Darren, what do you got? The Sword Quest universe exists in the real world. Now, uh, I did a massive, which, if you guys recall, it was Tim, I believe it was one of the first episodes you sat in with us. I did a review, a retro review of the Sword Quest comics. And when I, I started remember. researching that, I had no idea. What I was in for, for that you can see our video game episode, which or, or listen to our video game episode. I had no idea what I was in for with the actual contest that was run by Atari to the, the Sword Quest games themselves revolve around the Sword of Ultimate Sorcery, which is the ultimate MacGuffin, the ultimate prize you can attain. And this began in a game called Adventure and then began with the series of games called Sword Quest. Waterworld, Earthworld, Fireworld, the fourth world game was never released because the video game crash of 1983 occurred and canceled its production. Um, While that's happening, you could solve the puzzles in the Atari games entering into a contest in which you would win a series of prizes. Ultimately, the one you would want would be the Sword of Ultimate Sorcery. And then there's a whole real-life story about what became of the actual Sword of Ultimate Sorcery, which was devised and built at around $50,000. 
it is lost. No one knows where it is because the competitions, the, the, the sweepstakes could never be completed because the Arrow World was never released. And so the thing was just packed up and put away somewhere and it transferred hands. That was the whole story. So the Sword Quest series from Dynamite revolved around trying to figure out where that sword was. And it was one of those things where I started retro reading, retro reading the Sword Quest comics from that I knew about when I was a kid. And it just, by happenstance, I look up that Sword Quest comics are coming out, and it's revolving around the Sword of Ultimate Sorceries. Total luck. I had no idea that was happening. So I started reading them, and it's, the story was so good. It was really, really good. It did, dealt with a young man named Peter Case, who finds out he's terminally ill, and he, he spent most of his childhood obsessed with the Atari games of Sword Quest, and he always wondered what happened to that sword. He now no, he now know, has an idea where it is, and his his dying quest is to get that thing. And he enlists the help of his childhood friends to do it somehow, and that was their quest. And then they end up tracking it down to a uh, tech uh, mogul named Conrad Juros. Uh, and if you read the comics, Conjuro was the evil wizard in Sword Quest. So when you read Conrad Juros, you're like, oh, okay, we know where that name came from. But then it's revealed that he is actually Conjuro and that the Sword Quest reality exists. Um, the final page of issue five was Peter standing with the Sword of Ultimate Sorcery in the Sword Quest universe, recognizing that there was something far greater at stake. And this was the moment we were all waiting for. And the series was canceled. <laughs> um... Clearly, what they were about to do was finish up the story after the 35 years of waiting because they didn't complete the fourth comic either. And remember, by the way, the comic was written, written uh, it was drawn by George Perez. Mm -hmm. I can't remember I who remember. was writer on that at the, uh, off the top of my head. Um, so that's my favorite story arc, <laughs> one of which, which now, of course, will never be completed again. Right? Mm -hmm. So they didn't complete it the first time around. They're setting it up to complete it this oh. time, and they canceled the series. Uh, I don't know. This is this is very disappointing. I never actually saw the official cancellation notice, but I did talk to uh, guys at Carolyn Johns, and they're like, yeah, it's nowhere on our list. I think it's gone. That's that interesting happens. to me that you pick something that <laughs> actually that arc is not completed, but it's that good. It's that... not completed twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Maybe you should complete it. <laughs> He'll get canceled, too. It seems like it's cursed. I am uh, officially canceling my idea for <laughs> All right, Phil. Um, I've actually already talked about this a good bit. Um, I actually, I was bouncing between a few story arcs. Uh, I almost did the Black Science one. I almost did the Spider-Man one. But I did go with God of the Symbiotes. Now, the reason behind that is the new Venom book came out. And honestly, I've always been really hit or miss with Venom. Never been my, like, go-to thing. Yeah, it's not a big deal. No. Yeah, um, same here. They were like, Eddie Brock is about to be Venom again. And I was like... I'll give it an issue. Read the first issue. I was like, really interesting. Read the second issue. That's when Null was introduced. Um, basically, the idea was um, Null was contained beneath uh, the old S.H.I.E.L.D. base. If you, you're not following Marvel right now, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. has fallen. It's not around anymore. It's just not a thing. Um, and Null gets out. And the idea is that Null wants to regain his full self by recollecting all of the Clintar, all the symbiotes that are around. Um, that would include Eddie Brock's, of course. And <clears throat> Eddie tries to stop it because it's this 
big vicious monster and you get all these backstory parts of um why the symbiotes are the way that they are the way that they function are they actually full of hate or is it because of this guy and it's just this well-written piece. And I mean, it's still real, it's new enough that like, there's not a trade out for it. Um, the arc just ended. I think we are one issue into the new arc right now. So, I mean, it's, it's relatively fresh and some really heart wrenching things happen to Eddie and the symbiote that he has, um, before the end of it. So as you read it, you start to connect to them both as like their own individuals and, um, now is kind of like the spiral off from, and I don't really want to ruin it because I think I do think Tim, you would really enjoy it, and it would be something to slide your son's way if he is a big Venom fan. He would, sounds like he would love this. So I really don't want to ruin it for you because I know that you'll you'll read it at some point. I could even I lend so. it to you that if you really would like. Um, I'll I'll grab it the next time we get together. Um, so it's just one of those things that it takes you from a character that you could really, even if you don't really care about him, it's just. It's written so well and it has such a good flow to it that it's absolutely impossible not to enjoy it. And the pacing that Donny Cates does, the art that Ryan Stegman puts in, it's just this beautiful piece. Is this a, now, is this a standalone mm-hmm. series? Yeah. I mean, is this the ongoing Venom series or did this like start with an issue one type this, this thing? is this is the the new ongoing Venom it started with issue they when they start like a new like creative team now right they have like a number one on it but they have the uh, legacy number also oh so this is issue one of the new Venom that is written by Donnie Cates okay um, so that's where it would start. But again, I have them all. Um, I will ask, I'm going to assume that I'm going to want you to take good care of them. Cause I have a feeling that null might be one of those. This is the first I appearance of null sure. situation. So, yeah. um, I, I see him coming back a lot. Yeah. So I know how to, yeah, I'm I know well you well versed in treating the comic and I've taught my son the same thing as yeah. he, he respects it's, the comic. So he, I'm pleased to say that he's actually finally, gotten into reading actual Good. comics after getting plot summaries on websites and that. Well, this so. might help. <laughs> yeah, this this might help, too, if he's a big Venom he's fan. He's a huge And Venom this fan. is the best yeah. I've seen Venom written. Like, it's it's very, very good. Uh, it's cool. very, very uh, good. I'm interested. Oddly enough, uh, yesterday, if you look behind you, you can see the uh, Lionel Polar Express that yes. I was gifted. It's, it's wonderful. My son treats that, and he's not yet, too, with such respect. But the funny thing is I left some comic books on there, and he just just stood flipping those and tossing them on the floor. I'm like, ah, buddy, you got to – never mind. <laughs> yeah, get this out of the way of the train. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he'll, he'll learn. He'll learn. All right, well, we have to move on. Uh, we want to talk about the – we want categories about the people who actually create these uh, great works of art uh, that we're doing. And so we're going to move on to the category of – favorite artists now are we going to go with honorable mentions on this category since i mean let's face it there are just a ton of artists out there so we're gonna uh start off with darren and see what he's got for us my honorable mentions are andre Brisson for birthright kelly and nicole matthews for the power of the dark crystal and my pick of the year third time in the last four years i am going with sean martinborough Tim, uh, I didn't pick him last year, so you do you remember Sean Martinborough? There was a really awesome 
Batman run, early 2000s, where he had a bodyguard, and the bodyguard figured it out, and the color palette was extremely minimal, and you got into it for a little bit. Uh, that you saying I got into that series? That, that I, I was floating. It was when we were trading. I was like, you got to check this out. Why don't I remember that? And uh, well, there was a lot of good stuff back then. That's Man. when Nightwing was incredible. That's when the, the Ultimate line was. But the Batman line and the artwork was so good. It was Sean Martinborough, and I I kind of followed him along. And he is the artist on Thief of Thieves, and has been the artist on Thief of Thieves for its entire run. Um, it is due to end. I, it's, if it's not ending this month, I know it's due to end early 2019. I will most certainly be looking forward to what he's up to next. Phil? Uh, my honorable mentions, um, Humberto Ramos. Uh, he's Love, back on Spider-Man. Is he good? Back on Spider-Man. Well, you know, periodically. He's not the main artist. They jump around. Yeah. Um, uh, well, boy, he got himself in a little bit of political hot water. And he deserved, I mean, no, he was trying to. As well mm-hmm. about uh, artist rights a while back. Yeah, he was. And he's a. He seems like such a good dude. Yeah, he does. I, I'm. I'm a big fan of his work. I. I one of my very first Kickstarters was a Fairy Quest that he did. Yeah, I yeah. missed that one. I. I'm bummed. But uh, so Humberto Ramos. Uh, the other honorable mention is Ryan Stegman for his work on Venom, because again, when you see the Null stuff, you'll. Actually, I can show you some stuff on the Instagram okay. one before we leave. All right. And uh, my favorite artist of the year is Jerome Opeña oh, for his work yeah. in 7-2 Eternity, as well as I got so the... So good. Yeah, and I got the joy of reading Fear Agent this year, mm-hmm. um, and he was the artist on that as well. Yeah. Uh, boy, boy, and we've shown you some Jerome Opeña. Mm-hmm. It's just unbelievable, unbelievable two-page splashes that are just these, like, gorgeous small detail yeah it's oh my god just that's one of those you look at the book and you're like i don't even know what this is about but i'm i'm reading it yes for sure and uh he's definitely definitely the purpose behind that he's great so jerome pena is my favorite artist this year very good all right well we only have a couple uh categories left and right now we're going to move on to the uh, second half of a comment you like the creative team, and we're going to go with our favorite writer, or Darren's going to go with his favorite writer. <laughs> what do you got, Darren? Well, I suppose your loss is my gain. Oh, I know who this is. I do, too. My, can I, can you want to go for it? Go ahead. Is it Michael Bendis? You got it. My pick here exemplifies why we discuss favorites over best. Although there are more complete stories in my pull file, my favorite writer is Cleveland's own Brian Michael Bendis for restoring the fun and sense of wonder into Superman. He's accomplished reinserting the right tone into Superman. The stakes are high, but the violence is low. Clark Kent is important again, as is Lois Lane, Perry White, Jimmy Olsen. He's been kind of saddled with the whole Superman's got a son now, and he's dealing with that about as well as possible. He also was saddled with Jor-El's return, and he's dealing with that about as well as possible. Um, it's just been so much fun to read Superman again. It's it's a long time in coming. It's just like, you know, it's kind of one of those... Reading Superman comics was, in a way, since starting this podcast, kind of like being a Browns fan. Why do you still like the Browns? I just do. I mean, why do you still read Superman comics? Because I do. But not anymore. It's um, it, it's really fun. He is so much like Superman. 
again. And in the, the current storyline where I left off, the entire planet Earth was sucked into the Phantom Zone, unbeknownst to most people, and then strange things start to occur, and he figures it out. And, I mean, you want to talk about a global event. There it is right there. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. now. So now he's got to go up against this new villain named Rogel Czar, and he's going against up all the villains, and now they're all equally powered. So now he's like, uh... And uh, him explaining to Batman what's going on. <laughs> it's, I don't know how this happened, <laughs> but we got a problem. Uh, it's, it's really good stuff. I, I'm so excited to see what's coming. Um, so my thing with Brian Michael Bendis, which is, which is sad for me, um, this week... Uh, I picked up my comics. I haven't gotten to read them yet. And I got picked up my first issue of Miles Morales Spider-Man not written by Brian Michael Bendis. Oh, yeah? I'm nervous. I'm nervous oh, to read it. Oh, yeah. That was his uh, creator, you know? Regardless. Well, obviously not my favorite writer this year because he abandoned me. Um, so my favorite writer is the new kid on the block in Marvel who's just kicking down doors, Donnie Cates, uh, which is a name I've said quite a bit on this podcast yeah. already. Uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider, Thanos, Venom, Marvel Knights. He's doing work, and it's good work. Um, he's taking a little bit of a darker stance on a lot of the things. Uh, Venom's very dark. Cosmic Ghost Rider is very dark. Thanos is very dark. Marvel Knights has been very dark. But it's good. It's good writing. It's not vicious just for the sake of being vicious. And, and again, it's making me read things that I wouldn't read. If you had told me I would buy a ghostwriter book there's no way if you would tell me that i would buy a venom book there's no way this is what's doing it so donny cates is great and uh i'm excited to see what else he's doing he's i don't know it's almost like he's sliding into the brian michael bendis shoes like picking up all those extra titles him and dan slatter kind of kicking down doors over there so but i can only pick one so i went with him because he's new (laughs) fair enough all right, this is it. This is the last category. This is for all the marbles. That's right. <laughs> we are moving on to our, uh, well, these guys, their, their favorite title. Start reading some comics, Tim. Yeah, well, well, I just might. I'm slightly intrigued by what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, Darren, what say you for your favorite title this year? I am, uh, I have a problem. <laughs> you don't my, have a favorite title uh, no, this year? No, I do, but uh, for whatever reason, my screen has gone blank, and everything <laughs> I've written is gone. Should I go first, then? So you don't remember your favorite no, title? No, I remember what it is, but... <laughs> you, want, you want Phil to go first? <laughs> do you mind? I'm sorry. No, so I'll do two honorable mentions, then, and then I'll jump into the main thing. That is great. Honorable mention number one is Coda, that's C-O-D-A, Simon Spurrier's uh, high fantasy book that's just crazy good. Um, he's dealing with his berserker wife and trying to figure out a way to cure her from her berserkerness. Um, it's just really beautifully drawn and very weird as most Simon Spurrier things are. And it's just been fun. It's, it's, it's a short, it's, it's going to only think be like 10 issues. It's not very long, but it's been a fun limited and I'm, I'm excited that I picked it up. My second honorable mention is these two are exchangeable almost my uh pick and my uh second runner up so um but i'm doing them in this order and that's because so far i think since we started this podcast this guy has taken my pick and i think it's about time i give it to someone else so my second honorable mention is seven to eternity by rick remender because i think 
two years ago was Black Science. Last year was Deadly Class or vice versa. So I didn't want to give it to him uh, the third year in a row. Uh, but man, Rick Remender, he was also almost my favorite writer. He just pumps out such solid books. And we've talked about Seven to Eternity quite a few times on this podcast. Uh, last month, we actually talked about um, how it was a book that I was trying to convince Tim that it was worth his time to read. Those were, I'll tell you, just about every everything that you guys showed me uh, last time was really intriguing, and that was one of them, definitely. And, and it is. It's, it's fantastic, and it's worth the read. My pick of the year was kind of a surprise to me. Um, I picked it up on a whim. It had a lot of press like going around it, but I had no idea what it was actually about. Um, but I was like, you know what? I'm buying all this stuff. What's one more book? Uh, so my pick of the year is The Weatherman by Jody Layup, Nathan Fox, and Dave Stewart. The now, Weatherman. when you hear The Weatherman, what would you assume that comic's about, Tim? Uh, someone on doing network weather on television. Yes, like a meteorologist, <laughs> yeah? Yeah, sure. So it is, technically, but the meteorologist in this is this like really terrible, terrible, shouldn't-be-on-television guy who says really inappropriate things, but everybody loves him because he's just kind of real. But you come to find out that that's not who he actually is. His memory was wiped and swapped with this new personality. And the person that he was was actually a person who destroyed the vast majority of a planet and killed a bunch of people. And, but he doesn't remember it, but he's he's dealing with the repercussions of this. So there are assassins and all this like stuff going on around him and they're the only way that they can actually stop anything like that from happening again is by using him and trying to help him get his memories back. And that's been the focus of this book. It has been so surprisingly good. There's so many great fight scenes in it. It's well-written. You laugh. You feel terrible about a lot of things that happen. The way that they torture him, they literally tied him up to a machine that um, was like a virtual reality machine that he could feel everything, but he couldn't actually die. But it would let people kill him in the simulation and he would have to experience what it was like being killed Ugh. and it was one of the ways that they were torturing him it was just it's it's just crazy it's it so absurd it's absurd and it's so weird and it's so unique and that is why it's my pick because there's nothing else like it and it's just it's it's just so interesting i i'm so happy that i i jumped on the book i really am yeah huh. all right darren are you ready now i have lost my notes completely uh this is, this is a big loss because I, I really took a lot of time in in writing this up because it is something i'd waited so very long for and it is um well my my honorable mentions are also gone but i know what those are um harrow county which we said goodbye to and sword quest which we said goodbye to and my pick is also gone but it was always meant to be a limited series, and it is, of course, The Power of the Dark Crystal. It was my pick last year when it began, and it ended, I believe, in March or April. Um, and it represents something of an anomaly in these waters we choose to wade in so very often in that um, it didn't disappoint. It's something that I think anyone who is familiar with the movie knows that there was a very rich mythology that was created around those characters that was just there for one movie and gone, and it could have been a lot deeper. Um, and, I, I mean, first of all, when they announced that the sequel 
to the Dark Crystal was being produced way back in like 2006. And it just remained in development hell that entire time to the point where I totally forgot about it. I mean, it did get to a point where they released production art about what some of the things were going to look like. Um, And uh, then came word late 2016 that we would be getting the comic book series, which would be produced based on the actual shooting script because they had the completed script. Everything was ready to go. And so, I mean, at one point you're kind of like, oh, well, I guess, you know, the movie's not going to come. We're not getting the movie, but at least we're getting this. And it didn't disappoint. It felt right from the beginning. It it centers around Therma, who was one of my favorite, my favorite uh, supporting character um, here tonight. No, favorite character, favorite lead hero. Um, She is a fireling. Uh, One one of the things we did not know is that there's an a whole uh, realm beneath the surface world of Thra, um, which is where the whole story takes place. And their world was thriving when the crystal was broken. Once the crystal was restored, their world began to die. So the morality of the question is, would you save your world at the expense of another? So it's when uh, Therma manages to get a piece of the crystal to take back to her realm to restore um, the firelings. Here again, there's the question, do we go after the crystal shard to bring it back to restore the surface world knowing that her world is going to die? Um, And I don't want to ruin anything to get to the conclusion, but this represents something that it deepened the overall mythology to the dark crystal and added to its lore changed nothing of what came before it. You hear that star Wars changed nothing of what came before it. In fact, enhanced it to some degree. Um, and you just don't have that happen anymore. Right. I mean, right now, I mean, what happens 10 years from now, if all of a sudden like, Hey, we're going to do daredevil again. And you, you yourself said, that thing could not have ended any better than it did. It's kind of like Toy Story 4 is coming out in the summer, and it's kind of like, I'm sure going to see it, but boy, oh boy, that thing came to such a satisfying conclusion that it's kind of, are you sure you don't want to just leave this where it was? I'm sure they've got that figured out, though. I can't imagine that they don't. Um, And it's just one of those things where it's bittersweet, though, isn't it? Because if, in fact, the Power of the Dark Crystal 12-issue comic book series which was written by Simon Spurrier, adapted by Simon Spurrier, mm-hmm. and then uh, drawn by Kelly and Nicole Matthews, who were both honorable mentions for favorite artist. If it, in fact, was the shooting script, man, this thing would have been fantastic. It would have been everything what people would have wanted. It would have delivered ridiculously. So at one hand, you're like, wow, we they really had this thing locked down, man. They knew exactly what was going on. Henson's kids were involved from the get-go, and then, but we got it. We got it. it it's there. It's wonderful. I, I enjoyed it so much. Um, they have decided to continue on with the story. I haven't gotten a chance to read it, about it. And it's called Beneath the Dark Crystal. And it does continue the story of Therma. Um, so I have it. I haven't read it yet. I, I'm willing to give it a try. But uh, it, it's, it's one of those things where they introduced Therma, who is not 
Jenner Kira. She's not a character in the original, and that's a lot of times you're you're, you're kind of wanting to reject the new characters. Like, no, if you're going to do this, I want the characters I grew up loving. But right away, you're like, she just fits. She makes total sense here. Yeah, this is great. Um, so of course, I am saying goodbye. It was time for it to end. There's no way it should have it should have continued, but. Yeah, two years in a row. First time for me, uh, The Power of the Dark Crystal. Oh, man. Wow. So we got through it. Hopefully, cool. Yeah, hopefully we uh, tip Tim into trying to read something next year. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, 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 get, you out, huh? we'll get you there. We'll get you there. You'll get me. two veritable libraries at his disposal. Yeah, it's very right true. It, you should see the crap in my house. Anyway, <laughs> that is the end of this year's End of the year awards. Yeah. So we had our favorite titles. There's only two this year because of Tim. Um, <laughs> the Power of the Dark Crystal and The Weatherman. Um, mine is still ongoing, so you can always jump back and get your hands on it, most likely. First couple issues are hard to get your hands on because they sold out. Um, I'm, I'm sure a trade is on the way. So those are taking our top. Uh, for Tim, Darren, and myself, we are the panel scanners. Hey, wait, don't... Don't forget to tell them about next month. It's one of our favorite episodes. I was getting there. Oh, okay, sorry. Man, cut me off much. So next month, <laughs> jerk. Uh, we will. Boy, it sure sounded like he was signing off, though, didn't it? Huh? I. Oh, you're you're asking me to take a side on this. I am. Boy, I hope. I hope next year is going to be. Hopefully, no, 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 but no campaign. <laughs> uh huh. So anyhow, uh, next month we'll be doing our annual "What You Looking Forward To." That is when we are starting to look at the things that are coming in the upcoming year and the things I that excite that. us the most. I know you do. That's why you just yeah. try to cut me off, even though I was going to say it anyway. Um, and it's it's one of those it's one of those things that um it, it's it's always interesting because I think that we all are looking forward to some similar things, but some of us have differences i know what his is right now oh yeah do you yeah i do i you I don't, do you want me to say it i don't want to say it i no, don't say, I'll say it. it off air yeah I, I think i know what you're gonna say i know what it we'll is talk. <laughs> i, I got gotcha. you all right i'm feeling you i know what it is i know what number one is i know what some of we, we always know all right so i'm kind of excited because i gotta say like i looked at my list <laughs> so much of what i was looking forward to never happened particularly my number one stranger things uh-huh. never happened yeah i got pushed um, back so I don't even know where that's gonna. It's gonna be on my list for this year for sure. I yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's gonna be number one. I kind of think I have a feeling I already know a, a couple of options of what mine might be. But I always like. I almost kind of want to go back and look at that list and go because there were so many things that popped up on the list that if I had known about, probably would have been like. Got to the movies again last week. You know what I saw, right? Last week. Yeah. Last week. Creed. <laughs> no, I did not see Creed. Uh, Superman. Yeah, yeah. I saw the oh, 40th did you anniversary of Superman the movie. How was how oh, was it? Oh man! Again it was on the big screen. So great on the big screen. It's just, I mean, it wasn't uh, the 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 sound quality alone was worth it. Oh, they didn't great. do any like remastering or anything like that. Okay. I didn't feel like I needed that though. Um, apparently, they have done that though for the 4K release. I remain skeptical on it. I don't know. I, I, I have to see it to believe it. But um, the sound quality alone and just the music. I took my daughter, who hasn't seen the movie, and I took my mom because she wanted to see it. Um, and we and I could. I, I looked over at Lily, and when she, when the music was coming on, she was kind of tapping her foot, and um, she she liked a lot of the scenes. Okay. She 
really, and it's the same thing. I got freaked out when Lois Lane gets swallowed up by the earth. That's, that's yeah, something. That, that is something. That is still something, especially, especially since that's really her in there. Yeah. That's Margot oh, Kidder. Okay. There, there's no doubt because you can see her face, and yeah. they have a close-up on her face as she's swallowing gravel. They're like, that had to be a tough scene to film. And I have to say, it's kitschy, laughable to some degree, but the same way heartwarming when you see the damn burst. Man, oh yeah. man, those miniatures do not hold <laughs> I up. I think man. so. Holy cow. Like, you could, if you watch it on your own television screen now, you're like, ooh. I didn't even know the whole point of that was yep. like, yeah, we totally ran out of money by that point. Um, but it's, it's, to some degree, you're kind of like, oh my God, look at that. That is so great. That, you know, there's people standing there somewhere with cameras, like the size of Godzilla. Pouring yep. water from buckets to try to make this movie magic. <laughs> I mean, but they did great with like the flying. Uh, well, that's the reason they ran out of money because they had experimented with so many different things to get him to fly that they blew so much of the budget on that. Well, they but got there before they right. decided, hey, just put wires in this guy and let's see what happens. <laughs> they got there. My one of my favorite parts of that. Uh, movie is the sequence of young Clark uh, oh God uh, you know on the farm and that uh, you wouldn't think that as a young boy that would be like one of the coolest oh, things but man. there's just something uh, that whole thing with Pa Kent and that that is just still gets me choked up yeah when I watch and, that um, oh my god you know it's funny I've grown up with this guy's this actor's name and as I want to say it the guy who plays Pa Kent I can't think of his name all of a sudden. I don't oh know my either. gosh, he, he was a pretty big deal back in the day. Why can't I think of his name all of a sudden? The moment where are you looking it up? Yeah, Thank we, you. If, if I'm trying all, to think if I can get it before you do. Well, if we only had some device, if only there was some way we, <laughs> could, we could access. Oh God, I'm, it's driving me nuts. I swear, I used to have this memorized. This for thing so is running long. so slow. Well, it's because yeah. you had to get your old man glasses out too. <laughs> Shush. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, it's it's coming to me. I don't know. Uh, hold on, we're getting there. We're getting there. Come on, no. Nope. Get rid of the. Oh t- my god. Okay. Here we go. Jackie Cooper. Yeah. Is that, oh, is that, is that I, it? I, I, Did I get it? I didn't even look, but I know you're. I know you're right. Let's see. Is it Jackie Cooper? It's got to be director, writer, cast. Here we go. For me. Yep. No, he was Perry White. Oh, then what? What is his name? Glenn Ford. Glenn Ford. I said Glenn just a second ago, didn't I? I did. Dang it, I was close. <laughs> Jackie Cooper was... Just, oh, he's great as Perry White, by the way. So, so fantastic. Yep. You know, it's... Lily leans over and says something to me. The moments where he's... I like when he's playing the other guy. And I'm like, you mean Clark Kent? Yeah, when he's pretending not to be able to open the bottle. <laughs> oh, sure. Like, you know, open this for me, Kent. He can't do it. <laughs> And then he gives it to Lois, and she opens it and throws the cap. That movie still my favorite, uh, probably one of my favorite superhero scenes of all time is that helicopter. Oh yeah, uh, what his first introduction is really revealing himself as yeah. Superman. We've spoken to the, about that on to the podcast the, yeah at length. And how You're was right. how was that again on the big screen? You know, it's one of the things on the big screen when he lands the helicopter. And then Margot Kidder's standing there as Lois Lane, and she's a gasp. And then he lands the helicopter, and you can st- you, you notice the dudes in the background, and they're a gape too. And then 
Superman goes, uh, gentlemen, this man needs medical attention. And they go, oh, oh, right. <laughs> and then they go and they, uh, they help him out. And it, just the way, listen, I put on the Instagram page that this is the one by which all others are judged. Uh, Marvel has made no bones that when this all began, they followed that model to a T and sure built did. off of that. Which is why when you hear that DC's reticent to copy Marvel, I'm like, but they copied you. <laughs> you have it. It the thing that they built is yours. It's amazing. It's so weird. But I mean, that's one of the things that, not to get too long about it, would have ended up. If, I mean, it's funny. I didn't even think about you know when we did that list last year. Like, oh, that's right. This is the 40th anniversary of Superman the movie. Such a, a fun, and uh, you know, I think that's how I like going to the movies now. Because just before that, I saw Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. <laughs> so we we got to get retro movies for you to. Yeah, get to the at, at what point now? does Fathom Events start showing those Marvel movies? It's <laughs> 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 coming to a theater. Well, they're already doing Deadpool again, so they're yeah. on the way, right? Um, so I don't know, uh, Phil. I'm pretty sure I know what yours is. By the way, I would like to point out last year I was right because I get, I called both of yours. Oh, the Spider Man game. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. definitely worth it. Like I was like some clairvoyant. Like that was an obvious pick, right? Yeah, still bummed I haven't been able to play the DLC. Uh, you're, you'll get there, man. Yeah. I know. It's my it's, hand is just not great yet. <laughs> you'll get there. It, it, it you'll enjoy it. It's fantastic. So I have to say I'm really looking forward to this. And generally speaking, I'm not as much. Excited about what I say is I'm really looking forward to hearing what you guys are looking forward to. And since uh, we are a little bit away from this, if you out there in podcast land uh, want to tell us, give us a rundown of maybe the top 10 things you are looking forward to, we'd be happy to share that with the rest of the listenership. Yeah, so just drop a comment on iTunes, uh, leave a message at Panel Scanners on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, and message us there. We'll get back to you. We're constantly on those things. Uh, out of them all, I would say Instagram is probably the most act- yeah. active, but uh, it's easiest. It really is. Uh, but Even I mean, I use it. Facebook will always kicks to me as well. So uh, either is great. It's a great way to communicate. Um, and again, as we always say, it would be great to interact more with all of you. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So the next month is uh, what you're looking forward to, and then back to kind of the normal grind in February. So until then, and Tim will be on retro review, which will be. <laughs> I actually have to read something. Yeah, we'll, yeah we'll that's find true. Out. Yeah, I have a few things in mind, but uh, okay. I, I'm trying to decide between a couple things, so I'm not yet ready to reveal. Fair enough. Well, I guess until we get to do the what you're looking forward to. Happy Christmas, Merry New Year. All those other holidays that are in there. Uh, Festivus. Yeah. Festivus. Um, Sorry. I'm sure I offended someone. Uh, yeah, way to go, Darren. All right. Well, until next time, enjoy your comments.